Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Alternative Facts Podcast coming at you. Fourth episode. Listen to it right now. Damn, it just feels like there's so much good new music coming out. So many big new albums coming out in the alt world. Here's a single Heim put out this last week. It's called Want You Back. They took their time with this album. Their debut came out back in September 2013. This new one, it's called Something to Tell You, comes out July 7th. So that's almost a full four years for them in between albums. It's go big or go home time for Haim. We'll probably talk about them in more detail in another episode closer to album release. But anyway, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, my name's Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. I host this podcast every week. We talk about rock, indie, pop punk, emo, metal, indie electronic, weird R&B, maybe. Really any kind of alternative music. It's an ever-evolving definition. First episode drops a day after Paramore came out with its new single, Hard Times. And on the first episode, I chatted with Kevin from Charts about how that song was doing on Billboard's charts, about whether or not it would be another hit, another ain't it fun kind of thing. Well, on this week's Charts, we got our first bit of good news. Hard Times rose from 28 to 18 on alternative songs. That's a chart that shows how songs are doing on alternative radio stations. And well, these numbers mean Paramore has made a big jump. Over the next couple weeks, we really need to see it go into the top five to really flex its muscles, prove it's here to stay. Because if it's top five at alternative, uh, maybe in number one, then there's a really good chance it goes to top 40 radio, that's pop radio, and starts to play a lot there. So keep following Hard Times along with us. Just Google Billboard Alternative Songs Chart to see how it's doing. And that chart updates every Tuesday, Monday, so check on the Billboard website for that. Follow along Paramore. Album's out tomorrow. And yeah, I really look to this podcast to make it special, different for you all, have discussions you can't hear anywhere else, talk about alternative artists on Billboard's charts, me chatting and learning from other writers around Billboard's offices, and of course, interviews with the musicians themselves. We've got a little bit of all that this week. Up next is a chat I had with Maria Sherman. She's another music writer, she's a full-time freelancer, meaning 
She writes for all sorts of different places. She has something really neat coming up, actually, on My Chemical Romance for Billboard, for Billboard.com really soon. More on that later. Here's a chat I had with Maria on Monday about new music coming out that we're excited for. So, Maria, thanks for coming on. What are some things you've been into lately? Oh, my gosh. I feel like this year has been especially great. And I I was, like, talking to my friend Matthew Perpetua, who works at BuzzFeed. He used to do more music criticism sort of stuff. And I think he was the one who told me that, like, music gets good, like, every, like, three or five years or something, whatever. Whatever the year ends in a seven, it's good. And I was like, 2017 is great. 07 was dope. Yeah. And 97, probably. Yeah. No, there, there are some hits, for sure. Good summer pop punk jams. I have been listening to um, probably the new Perfume Genius nonstop that just came out last week. Oh, when does this thing happen? This is this will be out on Thursday. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> whoops, whatever. Um, yeah, but, so, yeah, but yeah, it it still holds true. Yeah, um, yeah. The new Perfume Genius. It's a new album out. The new. Yes. It's still the new Perfume Genius. Right. It'll it'll be new for a while. I think he takes some breaks to like live life. Um, have some romantic adventures in which to write beautiful, like, orchestral songs about. I, I really have been into that. I love the new Charlie Bliss, because I really feel like they have finally just become Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. Don't they, like, remind you of the band, like, the band from the movie Josie and the Pussycats, with, like, Tara Reid as a... I just feel like mm-hmm. that's what, that's kind of their vibe. Yeah, I um just interviewed Pale Hound today. Her record's incredible, and I feel like she might be an artist both of you guys are interested in. Have you spent any time with her stuff? I've definitely seen her on some show or, or, or seen them. Yeah, I guess it's a full band, but it's like yeah, mostly her doing... Like a, maybe a Baby's Alright show. That makes sense. I feel like Stereo Gum has been on them for a while. This is like her second record coming out sometime this summer um yeah when i first started listening to pale hound i thought it was like too similar to waxahachie and i was like oh man there's so many baby crutchfield twin-esque bands starting and then i just gave it another go and realized it's something different and unique and cool there's another waxahachie album coming i know i'm so excited i haven't heard it have you no neither have i the like the single's really good Silver, have you heard that? I haven't heard the single either. No, I'm behind. I really liked the the uh, Ivy Trip album yeah. a couple years ago. Oh man, it's so good. It'll. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure the album will be dope. It's gonna be great. She's just a brilliant songwriter, and it's about like she was like dating a guy for a long time, and they broke up, and I just think she's such a good breakup songwriter. That's bad. That makes it sound like tumultuous relationships. I don't know, but it's it's, it's gonna be good. Have 
have you been into the Paramore songs that have come out so far? Oh my gosh, yeah. When I first heard Hard Times, I thought I didn't like it, but I just watched the video and I was like, oh no, they're doing this like weird 80s thing that's going to be so derivative, and it's not, because I think they're, it's like impossible for them to do something that isn't, that doesn't have like the Paramore stamp on it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the song is just so well-crafted. Like, if you think about Misery Business, like, the verses and the chorus are all very, very distinctly sectioned off. It's like, big build-ups, stop, huge chorus, back to verse, awesome bridge. It has that going for it. And this is another one of those songs where it's just, the hooks are so tight, the vocal parts, the instrumentals. The the guitars on that song are really incredible. Like, give What's-His-Face all the credit. Taylor? Is yeah, it Taylor? Yeah, York. I always think it's Tyler for some reason. I think it's, whatever, 21 Pilots to get us ruined by perception of... Tyler Joseph York. Yeah, I just like, I don't Taylor, know. Tyler, Tyler. Tyler, Taylor. Uh, uh, that guy, he, he rips. I feel like I just didn't give him enough credit because I'm of a former Paramore generation. Yeah, it is interesting them moving away from being a really guitar-heavy band. And I think if, if they want to be big, want to just continue the momentum they had from the self-titled album, that's just sort of where like Top 40's at. Right. You, know, you, you, you gotta, you, I mean, every artist who's big pretty much in some way molds themselves to you know the right. zeitgeist. So it, it's no like diss on them, but they're just going with what's big right now and making it kind of their own. Right. And I also wonder if it's just like they have always been sort of interested in this music and are finally like letting us in on the secret. Because even with like the last self-titled record, knowing that like uh, they like hail from Tennessee and there's a lot of like gospel sort of music. And then there are moments where like Haley is like singing with like a choir and it just like makes a lot of sense for where they came from, but just hadn't been exposed to for the first decade of that band. So this might just be like, oh, they were really into like some 80s synth pop stuff that we just did not know about. Yeah, and Zach had been doing his his side project Half Noise, which is like synthy chill kind right, of music. Yeah, and he's back in the band, so that could have had to do with it. Right. I also wonder if it was maybe just like a remarriage of convenience because I know Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath was drumming with Paramore live for a minute and isn't he he's doing stuff did he go back to Under Oath I just saw him with Under Oath they were I saw them opening for Bring Me the Horizon a couple months ago that's sick I love all of the stuff Bring Me the Horizon (laughs) their last album I've been I didn't really listen to it last year but I've been listening to it more this year and the album rips I got drowned stuck in my head just like at the grocery store minding my own business. It's so good. They they are a band that's like found their niche and has crafted like a world around it. It's yeah, very they impressive. really have. And I think because there were so many metalcore bands that popped up late 2000s and they've actually morphed, morphed their sound and evolved into something that really makes sense now and sounds contemporary because electronic music is a decent influence in the sound of their last album. Right, yeah, and, and I think they've always kind of flirted with that. They weren't no, like, Enter Shikari, where it's almost like obnoxious video game level sort of stuff. They've mm-hmm. always kind of been, like, a synthy band. I also think there are a lot of moments in, like, their newer stuff that remind me of Linkin Park, which, I, oh, which, totally. which, is, what, which totally. is where it's, like... But, like hybrid theory Lincoln Park or something or like some of those albums around that time not not the new Lincoln Park stuff which is like really wild I'm excited to hear that record when that comes out 
So you, you wild is what you would use to describe it. Yeah, like what what was the last single? It was so the bizarre. one the one that looked like a Mad Libs of Lincoln Park adventures, or it's like Lincoln Park with Pusha T. And yes, I don't, yes. I don't, I don't remember the rest of it. Oh, Kiara, maybe she was on Heavy. She's on the song that's been yeah, out. Yeah, that's I I have no idea, but like cool. All pop or rock action throw us for a little loop. They totally should, because <laughs> bands like Linkin Park were so ahead of the curve in the early 2000s, and critics just gave them so much shit when they were so much more original than, like, the White Stripes and the Strokes. Right. I totally agree with that. Retro. Also, do you think there's an impending rap rock revival? I don't know. I think a lot of people are enthusiastic for it, but I just don't really hear the music yet. I don't think so, because I think it's also a thing where it's, like, so guitar-heavy that, like, it'll take a minute before that, I don't know, comes back in vogue, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, but it's interesting, because I feel like all the kids who grew up in new Metal are, like, adults now, if they weren't adults then, and are learning... I don't know. You can agree with me or not, but I feel like there's a sort of move, and I don't know if it's just, like, internet culture or whatever, where people who used to feel shame for liking a certain type of music in adolescence don't really anymore, and I don't know if it's just because it's becoming more accepting. I, like, this is kind of specific to emo and pop punk, but also, I would say, new Metal and, like, rap rock. That like it could there could be a revival and I think people would be open to it. It's definitely open like with the gatekeepers because people who work in media and people who work in venues and book festivals, people who like do the things we do, it's they're that age now where they grew up with it, where of course it's gonna be more more like okay because it's what they rep, it's what they're about, and it's not just like an older generation sticking their nose up at it anymore. Like that's what it, that's what it was like when I was in school, right. loving stuff like Paramore or Fall Out Boy or Lincoln Park, and then reading reviews of it or seeing like older critics deal with it, and they all just hated on that stuff because like it wasn't like tasteful or whatever. But now it's more people like us who are in the game and like pushing them out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not sorry, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but to, to get back to our new metal revival <laughs> postulation, I, 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 I definitely think there's some forces in play for it, and I think, a lot, I mean, also, you can talk about ourselves working in media all we want, but who will really make it happen is the artists, and a lot of the artists, too, are our age, or a right. little bit younger. And, you know, they grew up with this stuff firsthand, and I think a lot of them are friendly to it. They're maybe just not necessarily making that kind of music now. Right. But I think, if anything, is kind of, like, foundational for, like, our generation or whatever of, of music industry professionals. Then there is going to be some, I don't know, there's going to be love for it forever. I just realized um, I interviewed Charlie Bliss, who we were just talking about, and their drummer told me the first song he ever learned was Break Stuff. Because his, like, his drumming teacher was like, so what do you listen to? And he's like, I don't know what my parents listen to, the Beatles. And he was like, hold on. <laughs> Brought out, like, busted out a boombox, played break stuff, and was like, play along to this. And then a monster was born, and now he's in a pop band. <laughs> so thank you, Fred Durst. Thanks so much to Maria for coming by. Go follow her. Follow her on Twitter. She's great. Her Twitter handle is Maria Sherm, M-A-R-I-A-S-H-E-R-M. She'll be on the show again very shortly, maybe as soon as next week. Uh, before we move ahead, though, I'm going to share a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, next up, artist interview. You're about to hear me chatting with Derek Wibley, frontman of Sum 41. You know the hits. Dude also has a really inspiring, really riveting life story to tell about his life the past few years. Actually, when I side note, when I was preparing for this interview, doing my research, I read an interview that Maria did not too long ago with Derek. So then I chatted with him, got him to talk about what he was like in high school, and uh, the way his last couple years, way fast forwarding, the way his last couple years have been absolutely life changing for him, recently for the better. I think this is going to be a good inspirational one for you guys. Here it goes. We were talking about press in America before. What is press like? Is there any country that sticks out to you as like, wow, doing press, doing interviews there is crazy different? <laughs> yeah, Germany. Okay, tell um, me about that. Well, in not every interview, but especially in the earlier days, it was more funny because when you're a new band over there and you're young kids, it, it, and I don't know if it's just the language barrier or the accent or if they really just don't like you at first, it comes off as like, um, you know, I remember we came over there with a brand new album. They're like, so why does this new album suck so bad? And you're like, oh, well, I don't know why it sucks so bad. Uh, we did our best. And like, hmm, sounds exactly like Blink-182. <laughs> So you get stuff like that. You don't really get that as yeah. much over here. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's like, I guess it, you would have to talk to a decent amount of people, especially journalists over there, to know if that's really what they're like, or maybe that was just one weird dude doing a bit. Like that's Yeah, his yeah, thing. yeah. It, it could be, but uh, it, that, that always stuck out for me as uh, one of the funniest kind of interviews. And that was in the early days, probably like 2001 or two. So that would have been like an all-killer, no Around does look affected, all-killer area. So, yeah, tell me about how the tour is going. Um, the tour is going great. Um, you know, we're we're out right now with Pierce the Veil, and uh, that's been really cool. It's been about two weeks. I think we got another two weeks left. And, um, and then it's off to Europe again for festivals in the summer and uh, Asia, like you said. And, yeah, we're just kind of like just going you know we just did um a couple festivals we did the carolina rebellion festival the other day um and that was really great um that was our first time on that and we're just kind of bouncing around from our own shows to festivals and all sorts of things yeah so you guys played a show last <coughs> night and you're towards the end of a busy day today in new york doing a ton of press going from publication to publication in different buildings a busy day for people listening so how does it feel today like how was the show last night and what's it like just getting up and doing tons of press um 
it's just kind of part of your day in a way. I mean, we're sort of, you know, we're working and we're out on tour and this is kind of what you do. And, um, I mean, it helps that it's in New York too. I love coming here. So, uh, it's just, you know, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, there's much worse things I could be doing than just talking about myself all day. <laughs> right? So you like talking about yourself. <laughs> I don't, but there are worse things that okay. I could be doing. <laughs> I mean, I like talking about myself. I mean, I'm you know, I like it to anyone, a certain but... degree. I mean, I don't uh, purposely schedule interviews just to talk about myself, but if that's what I have to do today, well, I don't mind. <laughs> have you always been the main person in the band doing press? Is there Has there ever been, like, another usual person? I used to be our old drummer and I, because um, he was, you know, very sort of loud and talkative kind of guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I sort of handle a lot of the press. I mean, the problem, the thing is, like, I write the song, so usually yeah, it comes, the questions are always geared towards that, so I end up doing more of the press. Yeah, I'm thinking probably Tom from doing Gob because he was the front man of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that like he probably has a good amount of experience too doing press. Yeah, he does. Totally. Uh, I mean, we all do stuff. It's mm-hmm. just um, when there has to be one, it will fall to me. Mm-hmm. What is like you say you all do stuff? What is Brown Sounds thing? Like, what is what's his thing besides guitar? <laughs> like, what's his thing that he does like uh, on tour? Does he have like, like a thing? He's like, like a video game guy. He's he's really into video games. He just installed like I don't want to call it a big screen TV, but like it's big screen because it's in his bunk. So I mean, you know, that's like six inches above his head, and it's big. I don't know. It's probably like thirty inches, and it's it's attached to the top of his bunk, so he can just sit there, lay in there, and play video games. Is it like six inches above him? Yeah. He's, I don't know. He's got really bad eyes, he says, <laughs> so he says it's fine for him. But I mean, what <laughs> From I, that game or, or, or <laughs> yeah, from before? I don't know. It's probably from gaming, I guess. <laughs> so you've, you've known him a long time, I guess. He's, he's, I've known him since 14 years old. How did you guys first meet? He was sitting beside me in my second class in the fir- on the first day of ninth grade. Was there anything that made you guys talk? Do you remember? Well, it was the first day of ninth grade, and you're just sort of like meeting people for the first time. He happened to be sitting to my left when I got to my transportation uh, and auto tech class. Uh, and I was like, hi, I'm Derek. And he said, I'm Dave. And we instantly started talking about music and found out he played guitar, I played guitar. And he was in a band, I was in a band. And then cut to a couple years later, we're in a band together. There you go. And Cone, I met him in the first class. Same thing. He was sitting beside me, and he played bass. Cut to a couple years later, he's in the band. That was a solid first day. I guess it was your first day of high school. First day of high school, yeah. yeah. First morning, first two classes. Yeah, first two. What, what was the class that you met Conan? It was a computer tech class or something like that. What was your high school like? Um, in what way? I mean... Just what, what comes to mind now when you think of your high school? Um... It was, I I don't know if it's your typical sort of high school experience. I mean, I definitely didn't hang out with too many people. Um, It didn't feel like there was anybody very cool at school. You know, it was like a lot of jocks and stuff and people uh, I didn't think were very cool at all and turned out to not be cool now. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it was pretty typical. What are like... Because I know, like, like jocks, like, probably football is the biggest sport in America. What is, like, what are the jocks defined by in, like, because this was Ontario near Toronto? Yeah, we had rugby and lacrosse. 
That and was like their go-to stuff. That's kind of what our school did, I guess. I, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. I, to be honest, like that's all I can remember. They may have played other sports. I just didn't really pay attention to it. So was punk rock at all a thing in your high school? Not was it at just all. A, of you and your friends? It was just me and maybe three other people. And, um, yeah, everyone thought we were really weird. And uh, we just didn't hang out with anybody. Nobody liked us at all. We, you know, we sit in the cafeteria and people throw french fries at us and stuff. Um, but we actually liked that because we looked at those people as like the biggest losers we could see, you know, like they were just such losers to us, but we were called the losers. But I mean, mm. I, I don't know if we just sort of knew more or <laughs> felt like we were just cooler than, than they thought we were. I don't know what it was, but you know, like we would look at the kind of music they listened to and the way they acted and just thought it was you know, kind of jockey and typical and douchebaggy. <laughs> Do you remember what music they were into? Uh, well, it was sort of like the popular, I guess, what you would call R&B of the time. And um, I don't really know. I can't think of what it was, but uh, like what was popular at that time. But it just wasn't very cool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember the kind of like I, I listened to rock music and, and punk rock music in especially in in high school so I didn't really pay attention to what was kind of popular at the time. Yeah. When was the last time you thought about high school this much? <laughs> when I left high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the lyrics of Fat Lip are kind of sort of accurate. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Fat Lip for us was like exactly who we were at that time, and that's what we intended to write that song about it was just kind of what we did and who we were and that video was just you know exactly the same What's it like having Dave back in the band? It's great. <clears throat> it's really great having Dave back in the band um, because we were always such great friends, like all of us. And uh, when he left the band, there wasn't any sort of bad or weird reason why he left. He just he had his own reasons, and everything was great, you know. So when he came back, it just we just picked up where we left off. There was nothing. We didn't. Nobody had to apologize for anything. There was nothing weird. It was just like, okay, yeah, cool. Let's do this again. Mm. And it, the record really seems to reflect having him back in the band because a lot of it sounds like like thrash, like Slayer songs, the guitar parts, <laughs> the fast percussion. I guess so. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really think about it. I mean, whenever I'm writing stuff, it's just it, it just sort of comes out. And I think um, having Dave, I mean, when I half the record I had already written before Dave came back, so. I think there was talk of Dave possibly coming back. I don't really remember what was sort of coming at the time, but you know, when Dave came back in, um, the first thing he played was a guitar solo on a song called "God Damn I'm Dead Again," and you could definitely hear Dave instantly right away on that. It was just, you know, I I'd saved this section for a guitar solo for a long time, and then when Dave came in, he did it in one day, and it was just, you know, the song was complete, and it felt like Dave was back.
the record's so autobiographical for you, what's it been like touring behind this album you wrote about your recovery from alcoholism? <clears throat> yeah, um, I mean, I always write about what I'm going through or what's going on in my life or people's lives around me, just basically whatever I see or, or witness or go through myself. Um, so this was just kind of no different. It's just what I was going through at the time. Um, I just got out of the hospital, and I was learning how to live life completely differently, and everything was new, and there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of insecurities, a lot of questions, a lot of fear, and just sort of like going through all those things, all those different emotions, and uh, trying to write music at the same time. Yeah, like how's just in general, how do you feel? Like how do you feel like you're at now? I feel really great now. I mean, I think you're always learning and you're always growing and, um, you know, I don't ever feel like, oh, well, now I'm I'm great. I'm here. You know, it's mm -hmm. just you're still in the process of getting better and hopefully getting better and better. Mm -hmm. Do you find like you have a lot more energy to tour and then like go I on, do. do press, stuff like I this? I do. I used to think that, you know, how could I get through tour without having drinks? Because there are so many times that you're so tired and you just have a couple of drinks and you're like, you know what? I feel great. I can do this now. And it gets you through. And also, especially for me, I'm kind of on the more of a shy person. I don't really open up uh, very easily and drinking used to help with that. Um, and so it becomes like a, a, you know, an excuse or you would say, I would say anyway, like, well, I need it to get through tour. I need it to get through all these interviews. I need it to, you know, be more uh, energetic on stage. Now I find for myself that, you know, it took a while, but I feel now better than I used to on stage and on tour, and I have more energy, and, you know, it just feels better for me. Yeah, is it at all difficult <coughs> being on tour, like, when you're recovering from alcoholism? Like, like with alcohol being around, things like that? <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm sure it can be. It hasn't been for me yet. Um, and I, the only reason I think that it's been fine for me is just because I really don't want to drink. Um, you know, I think if I, if I was, like, really having a hard time, you know, not drinking, I think the road would probably be pretty difficult for me. But I just don't really want to. I really enjoy what I'm doing mm -hmm. in my life right now. So it's not like I have to try to keep it away. I don't yeah. even want it. Yeah, it sounds like it, you were just kind of using it as a crutch. Mm -hmm. There was lots of times I was drinking when I didn't actually want it yeah. because I felt like I had to because I have to get through this. So now that I've been able to get through things without it, I'm like, well, good. I don't need, I didn't really want it at all that time anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a really healthy way of processing it now. And you know, that's how I am right now. Who knows in the future, you know, things change. You never know. So, um, but as of right now, everything's great. I know your mom was so important with your recovery. Mm -hmm. How much do you keep in touch? Oh, my mom all the time. I mean, I was just texting with her before this interview. <laughs> I met Kevin Bacon earlier, and uh, she's a big fan, so I sent her a photo of Kevin Bacon and I. There's a really bad degrees of Kevin Bacon joke in there somewhere, but yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah, touch no. that. Tell me <laughs> how you met him. <laughs> he was being interviewed um, somewhere where, and then I was up next. So uh, we were there a little early, so I watched a bit of his interview, and then we started talking backstage, and 
Uh, we, then there was a photo. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Yeah. What did, you, did you just say, like, hey, my mom's a really big fan? I did not. You know, I was gonna, I was almost going to say that, but uh, I don't know if that sounds cool, you know. for I think other people are like, oh, your mom likes me? Great. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, but my mom's actually younger than him, so he might still think that's actually kind of cool. Because <laughs> like, if somebody came to me like, my mom's a big fan of you, would be like, oh, man, we're there now? <laughs> um, but for him, like, but my mom is 10 years younger than you. so <laughs> My mom, who's this age, <laughs> yeah. she thinks you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other weird meetups you've had where you ran into random celebrities doing, <laughs> doing some 41 things? That always happens, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who. I mean, one of the in the earlier days, I remember I got some advice from Ice T once that uh. I thought was kind of unusual. But uh, I was at a party and he just came up to me, and he introduced himself and he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you some advice." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and he goes, "The only thing harder than be in the Mac is stay in the Mac." And then he walked away. And I thought, "Well, thanks, Ice T. I'll remember that." That's a, that's <laughs> that's a pretty great cool. ice interaction. Yeah, I know. What was, when you did SNL, what was that like? Did you meet lots of people then? Uh, yeah, we've done SNL a couple times. So I think it was the first time um, I was in the hallways and looking at all the photos that they have framed up there. And I just heard right behind me, somebody came up right in my ear and just said, hot soup. And I turned around and it was Chevy Chase. <laughs> he was just like in the hallway by himself and I was like oh my god it's Chevy Chase and then he just walked away and I was like hot soup that's, yeah I guess that's if you're a- Chevy Chase walking around <laughs> SNL like he just whispered shit, it in so my ear just goes like that. hot soup <laughs> and it made sense once I saw it was Chevy Chase but uh, yeah he did like a little cameo on that that day mm-hmm. so it was pretty funny remember I was reading about your first gig back it was in Los Angeles right mm-hmm. it was kind of a low key thing low pressure yeah yeah take yeah. me through that what was it like coming back on stage for the first time well we started getting offers for shows that were going to be still in a year from when we were getting those offers and I was like well I, I can't say yes to anything because I don't know if I can make it on stage like I have no idea I'm like yeah I'm writing music and we're recording an album but I don't know if I can go on tour I have no idea so I said you know let's like book a couple shows not really tell anyone it's not gonna be some 41 I'm gonna get a couple friends together to be my band and I'll go and play a few songs and just see if I can stand on stage and um you know I did the first show and I was so terrified that very first show and I did it and it was about an hour and five minutes hour and ten minutes and I came off stage and my manager was there and I said book me a whole year I'm ready to go like this is easy I got it it just all came back the second I got on stage everything felt totally normal and um yeah that's when things really got going and I, I was like, I'm going to finish this record and start booking tours, and that got everything started. Yeah, I mean, an hour, ten minutes or whatever, that's not a small set. That's, like, longer than a Warp Tour set. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Was, was this at all in the period when you played that show, were you still at all having a hard time standing up or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, normally I was having a hard time at home. Like, when I was rehearsing for it, I wasn't able to stand for rehearsal. I had to sit the whole time. And I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I just kept thinking and having the faith that, you know, adrenaline will kick in and it should be just second nature. I've been doing this for so long. It should just work. And I'm just going to – I mean, you'll never know until you just try. So I just jumped out there and figured if I fall after three songs, well, then I fall after three songs. And so it was a little bit after this that you reached back out to, like, Cone – 
and everyone else who was in the band at that point and started to put the work together to get some 41. Yeah, and then once I did those shows, everything started going real quick. So, I mean, I really needed to get those shows out of the way um, to really just like put it all in, you know, in motion and then things started moving. And everything came together really quickly after that. I finished the record, finished all the writing, and we got in the studio and booked tours, and everything just started, started falling into place. Even if you're not blogging on the blog right now, are there any things you want to plug, shout out, things you have going on like that? <laughs> band, band related or whatever. <laughs> Um, not really, no. I mean, we just kind of talked about everything that's going on in my life. Um, there's not a whole lot outside of Sum 41. It pretty much consumes my entire life right now. I mean, I've glanced at your tour schedule, and I can see up and through August, yeah, there's not much besides Sum 41 going on there. There's no, there's no holidays, there's no breaks. <laughs> I mean, again, there's nothing that I'm doing other than, you know, traveling and playing rock shows, which is what I want to do, you know, it's great. Yeah, I mean, you get to hang out with and see Green Day and system of a down yeah a i mean summer. yeah it's gonna be great Here's i'm actually i'm looking forward to those shows i haven't seen green day in a long time um in of course you know they're always great so i'll be looking forward to see that system of a down one of my favorite bands that'll be great too i haven't seen them in years either yeah because I, I probably both of them would have been like influenced like they were established they were big when some 41 was just started mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah def- well, i mean green day obviously i mean that was my ninth grade you know when dookie came out and um so through high school, they were the big band. Were you so like you were freshman in '94? I was 14. Oh, that's perfect. That's a good time to get into Dookie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on? Um, no. Shout everything <laughs> out. Yeah, we covered a lot. I mean, I don't. I just don't have anything else. Cool. That's, yeah, it's, it's a wrap then. Yeah. Thanks to Derek for coming by the Billboard office for that interview. Like we were talking about, Sum 41 is a new album out. It's called 13 Voices, in stores, streaming. They're also on tour all through the end of the summer. It's a world tour across North America, Europe, Asia. So there's a really good chance that if you're into Sum 41, they're coming to your country. And seriously, just want to shout out Derek for him being so brave and so forward to talk about what's been going on in his life for the past three years. Just showing up in the office and chatting about that stuff with a stranger like me, you know, I think having stories like that out there really gives a light to those who might be going through something similar. Like, you know, he re- he nearly died. His kidneys and liver were close to giving out. This was 2014, but he quit drinking, was nursed back to health. First show back that we talked about, that was only a year later after that his hospital stint and everything. And now he's going back full force touring again. It's, I found it really inspiring. So thanks to Derek for coming by and thanks for Maria for chatting. We'll have her back soon. Like I said, maybe as soon as next week, uh, we'll be back next Thursday for that next week episode to make sure you get it. Subscribe, head to iTunes, search for hashtag alternative facts, all one word in the podcast app of your phone, get it every week. Also, one thing about podcasting, 
it's kind of hard to get feedback. A lot of people listen, but you know, there's no comment section. There's no really direct way right away to say what you think. So I'd really appreciate it if you could give me a star rating on the podcast and iTunes, and also write in some feedback what you think of the show, what you want to hear more, what you'd like to see covered. And you can also follow me on Twitter to get updates as well. Hit me up there. Let me know what you think of the show. My handle is C-Pain on a plane, or just search for Chris Payne, C-H-R-I-S-P-A-Y-N-E. I'm the first name that comes up on Twitter. That's all I got. So I'll see you guys next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.